Hello everyone and welcome to The Stagey Place, the podcast where we here get to chat with those who work behind the scenes in theatre to make the magic that you see on stage. From writers to directors, producers to stage managers. And on this episode, we are joined by Robert Bolton, who is the writer of Snowflakes, which originally premiered in London in October 2021 at the Old Red Lion and now is back in London, this time at the Park Theatre from the 12th of April until the 6th of May. Now, when the show was at the Old Red Lion, we had the assistant director, Oliver Graham, and the set and costume designer, Alice Whitehead on the show and now we are joined by the writer and one of the performers from the show Robert Bolton. So sit back, relax, grab a cuppa and wherever you are I hope you enjoy this episode with Robert Bolton the writer and one of the performers from Dissident Theatre's Snowflakes. Hello Robert and welcome to the Stage Place. How are you doing today? Well, tired, slightly dehydrated, but excited. Yeah, it sounds really exciting. Robert, today we are talking about Snowflakes, which is at the Park Theatre. Now, for people who have been listening to this podcast, they might be thinking, haven't you had somebody from Snowflakes before on the podcast? And the answer is yes, because we had Oliver Graham and Alice Whitehead, who are a part of the Snowflakes team at the Old Red Lion when you did it in October 2021. But Snowflakes is now transferring to the Park Theatre very, very soon. And Robert, you are the writer of Snowflakes. So tell me a little bit about what the process is like at this moment in time. At this moment in time, you find me uh, in my house um, thinking about the get-in later today, coming right up to things. It's been a bit of a whirlwind process. Obviously, this process has been, as you said, we did it in October 2021 um, after a COVID delay as well. We were supposed to originally go up in March 2020. So it's been almost a four-year period since we did the original R&D. Again, at the Old Red Line, we just did like, I think it was one night or two nights in front of just a few invites industry and stuff like that to see if the, they thought the play had legs so it's been really lovely kind of getting pretty much the entire team back together and figuring out okay this is what we did last time this is with you know very little money and essentially just favors and goodwill what can we do this time with a little bit of budget behind us what things do we want to tweak last time what themes do we want to bring out you know the, the script is essentially the same but it's a little bit tightened it's about five pages shorter overall you know that, a couple of little bits of flab that we thought we could like fine-tune no big sections it's structurally the same but there's just you know a few things there that's kind of where I am yeah and talk to me a little bit about so then between the end of the old red lion and now here at the park theatre what's the trajectory been like knowing of when you were going to be at the Park Theatre? When you're looking at your own script as the writer, did you always knew at the end of The Old Red Lion what you may have cut out if you were, you know, going to do it again? Or did you leave the script and then come back to it and go, actually, we could change this and that? On the script front, I knew there was probably a couple of things that we could look at, because obviously I'm in the show as well, so it's quite difficult for me to be processing it at the same time as performing it. So we re- recorded it, and it was when looking back at some of the recordings, I was like, okay, we're hitting that thematic point a couple too many times, a bit too much. You know, it, anytime it's obviously quite a plot-heavy and thematically heavy play, and you're trying to hit all these things enough so that an audience gets the point you're trying to make, especially if they miss it, and if you hit it two or three times. But it's when you hit it, like, an extra too many times after that, it's almost like you're not treating them as smart. The audiences are smarter than you think, so you need to, you can take a couple of those little things out. When we were at the other line, we were like, yeah, we want to do this again. We, 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 we realise, okay, we've got something here. 
people seem to be responding to it. I mean, this this time around, this is kind of like a love letter to the team, being like, cool, I want to see what we can all achieve together with a little bit more time and planning and care. And we felt like the show was at 80% last time, and we've got more to find. So, yeah. And I think we originally wanted to get it on a little bit earlier. We wanted to get it on in 2022, but the team had a lot of things going on. Mike, the director, he was finishing his course up at Birkbeck. He did a master's directing course. And we're like, yeah, let's just, let's just wait. And obviously the park were coming out of COVID times as well in their programming. So they're like trying to figure things out. It was a, they came along to see the show in October, 2021. And yeah. then we started speaking to them in earnest in the start of 2022. And then it was just kind of like, cool. Eventually we got managed to program it in for now. It's never as quick as you want it to be. But then as soon as it is programmed in, it's like, like, oh my god it's coming up right now and it the time flies between between then and now yeah and like you say all the stars have kind of aligned you've wrote this mm. you know like you say it's the love letter to the crew to the cast mm. you know everyone so it's nice to be able to get nearly everybody back for this second run of the show it's wonderful so take me back then robert we've spoken about the show but we've not spoken about you know the start you know why did you write the show what was it all inspired? Take me back. Where's that starting? Oh, God, it, start, it starts almost seven years ago. There's a short film version called Snowflakes, which is thematically linked, but not in terms of not, none of the same plot, none of the same characters. It, I mean, it was I think it was a three-hander short film. I think that's the only similarity. It was a comedy set in a cafe with a load of people talking about quite big political points, but having no idea what the hell they were talking about. Kind of quite tongue-in-cheek. That sort of thick of it energy where everyone's talking in platitudes, but no one actually knows what they're actually talking about. So that's kind of where it started. But it started really as a writing exercise for me. And just in terms of straight dialogue, I've written before, but in a collaborative sense with other people, like within device shows or short film things that I was doing with friends or editing process for other people. And I've seen, there was a few plays that were kind of in my mind quite heavily at the time. Bull by Mike Bartlett, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, The Effect by Lucy Preble, and a play called Cypress Avenue by David Ireland, which was on the Royal Court. And and all of them were very kind of much in my mind at the same time. And I wanted to write something quite punchy and snappy dialogue wise. And I had this ending image and I know how I want to start it. And then it was very much a joining process. It was, it's figuring out, it kind of emerged quite organically, actually. It wasn't really like a, oh, well, yes, well, this character's going to do this and that leads to this. And it was like, well, no, I, this is the ending image. This is the start. I don't know how, how they meld, but I think thematically they will come together at some point. And then those things were kind of in my mind and I started writing it in earnest in 2018, yeah. um, this recognisably this version. And then yeah. R&D in 2019, Council Run in 2020, um, yeah. and we finally managed to get it in 2021 and now we find ourselves here. Yeah, and for you as a writer, Robert, what inspires you? Where did Where did that journey start? For me, it was very much, I read a lot as a kid. I've got a lot of um, Stephen King as a kid, probably a few years too early as well. I, the Stand is, my, is one of my favourite books and then I read Stephen King's On Writing which if any, anyone is just stuck and looking at how to sit down and write something, it's quite a daunting process. That was very instructive. My dad was a writer. I didn't really read a lot of things till after he died. It was in the ether kind of floating around me. My mum was very creative. She was an English teacher. So yeah, it's just always been something I've done to a degree, but mainly short stories and stuff at school. And then I, when I went to university, I did a playwriting course and I was there. And yeah, it was just it's just always been something that was in the back of my mind. And around that time was the sort of, time I was like okay cool I've written things for other people it's time to write something for me and it was just a time where I was playing around with lots of themes and the polarization of the internet that I that was kind of bubbling up at that time and obviously has got worse now was very much on my mind felt like something that I needed to do and I think when you feel like you need to do something if you're lucky enough to be in a position where you can you, you probably should because you never know no if everyone's got a voice haven't they and 
You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely it. So we've spoken a little bit about the process then at the Old Red Lion and coming mm. to the park. We've spoken about today, of course, is your get-in. So let's talk about the actual show of Snowflakes. Tell us what it's all about, where we meet everybody at the start of the show, and give us as much as you can without giving away the whole plot. Obviously, I saw the show at the Old Red Lion, yeah, yeah. so I'll let you explain it. <laughs> okay. I mean, the simple one-sentence pitch is it's about a group of hitmen who formed a crowdfunding company. That's the kind of book of it. It's a, by a tongue-in-cheek, the commoditization of everything in the digital age. Everything is, is a disruption tool and you can make money off. And I, I just thought it would be quite funny to have a group of assassins or hitmen or whatever you want to call them who they crowdfund justice and they probably have a PR department and a marketing department and a pension scheme and all. And that, that sort of office politics is just very funny to me. At the start of the play, my character, Marcus, he has been doing the job for quite a long time. He's sort of the poster boy of the company on the front lines. You know, he's, I think this it's his 262nd job. He's an old hat. He's very comfortable in the, in the realm. He sells this whole thing as this uh, almost crusade against injustices. And he's very much kind of towing that company line that they're selling it on. But he is met by Sarah, who is the central focal point of the play. It's her first day on the job. She's moved up from brand recognition department within this within this organization and they are there to work a job with Tony who is writer media personality social commentator I guess you'd call them and it's, it's essentially the worst first day on the job in history it's brutal it's bloody it's cruel it's very funny and it's sort of like this runaway train of energy where Marcus thinks okay this is how the job's going to go Sarah is coming and throwing a huge spanner in the works for him and he's not used to getting his own way and that is dangerous very exciting hopefully that's inspired some people listening to this podcast to come and watch the show can't recommend it enough it's absolutely fantastic Robert coming to the end of the show what do you want audiences mm. to kind of take away from it oh that's the hardest question in the world because I have no idea what I, I took away from it when I wrote it I think it's really a question of why everyone is so angry in the digital age and a level of understanding between people and also questioning what revenge and resentment can do to the human soul in the long run. I think that's the thing that, that hits me about it. I mean, there's there's a whole load of other things that I, people will be taking away, but that is very much a spoiler if I mention them in just in terms of plotting points and questioning. And it's like, oh my God, what happened at the end? Ah! People will definitely be divided at the end of it. Like that's, if there's one thing I've learned through the R&D and the run last time is that no one really comes away with a settled opinion and actually having a drink with some strangers at the end of it, the, the run last time was one of the most fun things. So I was like, yeah. oh, that's really interesting. I've never thought about that thing before. You're, yeah. you're way smarter than I am. Yeah, but I think it's I think it is just the examination of where we are in the 21st century with relationship to the internet and social media in particular, and how much our opinions are no longer our own. They are collective and group and top down. They are given to us by what we read, not so much by what we actually think if we break it down and really examine ourselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's really interesting. And like you say there, when you're in the show and you're the writer of the show, you're basically there for the whole run. You can talk to those people afterwards and just get everything everybody's opinion of the show and of the themes and I guess that's what's wonderful maybe about having this longer run of the show as well at the park theatre you can yeah, really go yeah. really deep and find out what everybody thinks yeah no totally I mean I'll, it, it's just on a, on a personal note as well I'll, I'll be sit down for my traditional post-show gin and tonic and also on, on a completely unrelated theatre level um, I'm an Arsenal fan and Arsenal top of the league and we're right around the corner from Arsenal Stadium and my favourite pub so I'm also going to be very much engaged, engaged in that world <laughs> drinking wise as well yeah <laughs> absolutely Robert 
I want to move away from the show now and just talk about advice that you may have those who are, you know, listening to this episode and maybe want to become a writer. I know you spoke a little bit about earlier on about what people might want to do about, you know, just doing it and, you know, just writing something and having that voice. But would you have any other sort of advice that listeners can, you know, tune into? I mean, it's a different process for everyone. And the real thing is to take everything that I'm about to say with a pinch of salt, but if you have an idea, you just need to start it. Is the is the main thing. The, the the first step is always is always the hardest for me. It was finding an environment that I could write in. I can't write in the house, for for instance. So, what I did, I wrote snowflakes for two hours a day when I was writing it. I would get myself up in the morning, go to a coffee shop. I'd have one coffee. I'd nurse that coffee because I was working in a pub at the time, and I I I couldn't <laughs> keep spending you know. 10, 15 quid a day on coffee for three yeah. months whilst I was writing it. But yeah, like it's it's finding, I think it's finding an environment that you feel comfortable to write in is incredibly important for me. Like my home is my home. I can't write here. I need to take it outside. It's also, you can't write anything if you're not taking anything in. I found it incredibly hard to write during COVID, for instance. I've got two other plays that I've been writing, which I'll kind of be focusing on after Snowflakes. But I can write at all during COVID, really. If there's nothing new coming in, no new experiential things, essentially as a writer, you're, you're a vessel for the world you know you're taking in themes and experiences and characters that you've seen you know oh that's really interesting and then you're filtering it through your own eye and that's incredibly important so see things speak to people and i guess the third thing is just be bold there's a reticence amongst people to write things that are difficult sometimes because of fear i mean i've been we've played with some quite big things thematically in this play and there's a level of concern within within me that i'm like that i'll be misunderstood as a writer oh you're that character and i don't like that character so so therefore by by that character i mean like maybe myself or maybe tony or maybe sarah as a writer you're putting your own points through through those characters but in reality you well all of it so that's quite scary but you've just got to kind of push through that fear I think yeah be bold and and brave yeah you said something really interesting in that answer about the fact that you've been writing two other shows your focus on them after snowflakes when you were doing the old red lion run was the idea for the old red lion run to hopefully get industry people in to then have a further life with it and like now it's at the park theater do you see another life after the park theater and obviously because you're in the show do you always feel like every single iteration of snowflakes you'll then act in every single part of it or do you think you'll take a step back to then focus on the other plays yeah it's an interesting question i mean it's certainly we wanted to introduce ourselves as a company this is the sort of work we're interested in making so even if you don't like this show this is what we're interested in so we're on people's radars it just so happened that the park did like the show i mean we were speaking to a lot of theaters there were there there are a few who were kind of interested but the park were keenest and as a venue size i think it was the most realistic this is rob writer hat off rob producer hat on in terms of future lives for this show hey we're still speaking to people now you never know what happens it's not something you can pre-plan if no one had picked it up you just move on to the next thing and you could you kind of roll roll with the punches i think it depends on how far away that would be i'm conscious that three characters are my head supposed to be separated by no more than 10 maybe 15 years like three characters who span the younger end of millennial slash older end of gen z up to the older end of millennial essentially it's very much within that and marcus kind of sits in the middle which i am myself 
But there comes there comes a point where you know you think you might have given enough to it. Marcus, as well as a character, he's not the nicest person to sit with as a person. I'm not what you call a method actor or anything like that. Far from it. I that's not something that's ever. I work from the outside in rather than the inside out. But there is something about that person that kind of sits with you in your soul, and that so there may come a time where I'm like, oh, okay. But you know, hey, if the National Theatre come knocking, I'm probably not going to say no or anything like that. You know, <laughs> there's, I think I'd probably suck up any feeling for that. But it, it would have to be, frankly, about the deal and the money for the team as well, because there's no, there's not enough money in the in the industry, especially. I mean, at this level, that it's breaking even is the goal, and that's most of the time a pretty unrealistic thing to be trying to do. Um, so it, whether we did it again would really depend on whether we can get as many of the team in again as possible yeah and that's, um, i was gonna say that's a fantastic segue into my final question about snowflakes is the team who else is involved in the rest of the team i know you've got a few new additions from the old red lion side with the castings yeah so i'll start so i'll start with casting so this time because of a scheduling issue um previous actually played sarah has gone off to work with the rsc so we brought our so delighted to have on board it's our it's our friend and colleague louise hall is playing sarah we admired her work for years we've been friends for years um so when we found out we weren't going to have Neve back in to play Sarah. We were like, oh great. It was immediately like the next day, me and my like, let's just ask, let's ask Louise. Let's sit down and chat with her. She's she'd be perfect for it. And it's been really lovely seeing what she discovered. I'm the <laughs> same. I'm playing Marcus. Henry's the same. He's still playing Tony. Michael Cottrell, my two I started the assistant theatre with he's still back in as director Oliver's back in as assistant director our stage manager Maria she's back in charge she's all our lives and making sure you know things actually get done because she's the organized one Jonathan Chan back in doing lighting design and this time we've also got got Dan Light um, who was involved last time but he was a very last minute addition to the extent where the first time most of people had met him was the get-in um, so he's he did the video video stuff last time that was yeah. quite a late addition to the show. So this time he's actually been involved for longer. So we're bolder yeah. and bigger with a lot of the visit video video design. Alice Whitehead again is back in doing the stage design costume. Our same fight choreographer Beth and Clark, and we're co-producing this time with Chronic Insanity, who are a Nottingham-based theatre company, prolific in that they do twelve shows a year, which is mad. For us in particular because we're like i mean we struggle to do one a year so that's <laughs> impressive but yeah joe strickland and um, the artistic director has been a huge huge help to us producing at this level given us he's, he's been kind of behind the scenes doing a lot of the kind of admin and producery sort of things that we took on last time but as a company we needed some help stepping up here but they specialize in lots of digital work as well so it was kind of really kind of perfect alignment and he's he's a fan of are kind of in your face bold sort of work as, as yeah. we are I was going to say the video design was the thing that really struck me from the old mm. red light so Dan Light's uh, involvement in that is is phenomenal and you know it really just took it to another level like it was fantastic so I'm glad that Dan's back on and also your imagery your your posters and all the designs for this for this run look incredible the the poster looks amazing I must Thanks. say I love thanks, I love neon, so it's all very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks. That that that's um that was really fun. I, I come from a photography and um design background myself, so yeah. I'm I'm kind of like many hat. But it was really fun because we I got to use obviously thematically it ties in with the show and the kind of I, I used AI art generators to make the characters. So yeah. I inputted like 200 images of each person. It spat out lots of variations in a specific theme. And then I edited it from there. So that was really good fun. A lot of editing work on the base images. But yeah, I I, I love Neon. It's so cool. Yeah, it's really eye-catchy. And I think that's, again, the, the, the thing that comes down to people watching a show as well. I think it's whatever ca 
catches your eye and yeah. it really does catch your eye and really will make people want to book. Um, Robert, thank you so much for coming on to talk about snowflakes. I have one final question for you for this podcast before I let you go and have your Easter Sunday. And that is based on the title of this podcast and that is the stagey place. And what I love mm -hmm. to ask all of my guests is whereabouts their stagey places. So this could be a theatre in which you visited as a young child. Maybe you went to go and see a show and it's really like inspired you to become an actor or a writer that you are today. It could be a theatre in which Distant has, you know, been inspired by. It could be the old Red Lion where Snowflakes was originally. It can be the Park Theatre where you are now. Or Robert, it doesn't even have to be a theatre. It could be a person that's inspired you throughout your lifetime. So okay. Robert, whereabouts is your stagey place? Can I slightly cheat and do one and a half? Of course you can. So... As a place, for me, it's the Royal Exchange in Manchester, my favourite theatre in the country. It's just a remarkable building to be in, for one thing, just architecturally. But then as a design space, having the, being theatre in the round three storeys up with this sort of space designy building in the middle is quite incredible. I've seen so many things there. My grandmother, but the reason I'm doing theatre is my grandmother, I spent a lot of time up there after my parents divorced in Manchester. We always used to go stuff, see stuff at the Royal Exchange. So I can't pick a single show out there. Like It's just like a, a wave of theatre experiences I've had there. The point five would be my drama teacher from school, Stuart McQueen, who I'm trying desperately to get back in contact with to see this run because he was going to come to see the last run. But then there was COVID going on at the time and he, he couldn't make it along. So hoping I can get him along, but I'm trying to get back in contact with him at the moment. But he like he he's the reason I went to University of Kent. He's the reason I pursued it in the first place. And yeah, he's a very important person in my heart. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I hope that you are able to get in contact and he can come and see this version of the show at the Park Theatre, which is on from the 12th of April until the 6th of May 2023. Robert, once again, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. I'm so excited to come and see the show at the Park Theatre after loving it at the Old Red Lion. And I cannot wait to see what you've done with it this time. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And there we go. That was Robert Bolton there, writer and one of the performers from Distant Theatre's Snow which is coming to the Park Theatre from the 12th of April, which is today at the time of recording and release of the episode until the 6th of May 2023. As you heard in that interview, I saw the show at the Old Red Lion. It's an absolutely wonderful production. It's one of the best pieces of theatre I actually saw in 2021 and just had my standards completely blown out of the water and really set my standards high for whenever I went to go and see shows and still do from pub theatres in particular in London. So if you've enjoyed the conversation today with Robert and want to book your tickets, you can do so via the link in the episode notes, wherever you are streaming this episode. And so until the next time you hear me, Elliot, here on The Stagey Place, I hope you're keeping safe and staying stagey. Goodbye.